When I was six years old, I tasted biltong for the very first time. Biltong is a cured meat that you get in South Africa. It's absolutely delicious. There's probably not a South African alive who doesn't know what biltong is. It's the national snack. I remember it like it was yesterday. I went to visit my uncle who was a gnarly old Sicilian. He'd lost an eye in a fight and uh, all of his friends were gnarly old Sicilians and he had a gun cabinet which no one asked about. And so when they invited me into the kitchen and said, sit down, I just listened. And then he got this big piece of biltong out and he chopped a bit off and he gave it to me and they watched as I ate it. And it was in that moment, like all of my senses came alive. I'd obviously tasted meat before, but this was something on a different scale. All my kind of senses and tastes and flavors just burst into life. I remember thinking, I walked into that kitchen, a terrified six-year-old boy, and I swaggered out chewing biltong like a man. I'd been changed forever. This preaching series is a little bit like that. It's like when you've had a really good coffee or a, a really well-refined piece of chocolate. They're still just coffee or chocolate, but there's something that you recognize as being truer and richer and better about it, something better than you maybe have previously known. This preaching series is called True and Better. It's a look at 11 episodes in the life of Jesus through the book of John in the Bible, which are meant to show us and teach us that Jesus is the truest and the best way of relating to and knowing God. Up until Jesus came, the people had um, been able to, rate to relate to God um, on the basis of following various rituals and functions by which they were made clean. And so an unclean people could approach a pure and holy God. And so these 11 scenes are uh, a way of showing how when Jesus came, he in some measure deconstructs and then reconstructs and improves uh, these old ways of relating to God and improving the way in which people might relate to and commune with God. Now you might ask, well, how's that relevant for me? Well, and I wanna help you to see today that Jesus is even now still truer and better than anything you may have previously tasted or experienced of God or life. And that whoever you are and whatever you've done and whatever family you were born into, it doesn't matter. You are completely welcome into relationship with God. In fact, the whole stated intention of the book of John is found towards the end in John 20 verse 31. It says, these things, these stories of Jesus's life were written so that you, all people, may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So whether you know Jesus already or you're just curious, let me invite you into the story. It's completely applicable for you today. Let's look at our passage of scripture together. It's a slightly strange title uh, for this message, but bear with me. I'm gonna show you today how Jesus is the true and better stairway. All will become clear as I talk, but let's read the passage. This is John 1 verse 43 to 51. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. 
Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. There's some great stuff in this passage. Uh, Jesus encounters a man called Philip in the story and it's not lightning across the sky or an earthquake or uh, a blast of trumpets. It's no major drama. Jesus simply says to him, follow me. That's what Jesus has always said. That's what he says to you today. You don't have to jump through hoops to prove yourself. It's not an interview. You don't have to bow and scrape. You certainly don't have to impress him. He loves you already. He's already impressed in you. He just simply says, follow me. And then Philip, in his excitement, goes and he finds his mate Nathaniel and he says, I found the one whom Moses and all the prophets have written about for thousands of years. This is the Messiah, Jesus. He's Joseph's son from Nazareth. And Nathaniel says, how? Nazareth is not the kind of place where a Messiah comes from. And so Philip replies to Nathaniel in the most simple and helpful way. He says, well, come and see. I'm inviting you today to come and see something about Jesus. And I'd ask you as well, when the last time was that you asked somebody else to come and see. I know the person who made you, the one who loves you, who has plans for you, and who longs to love you and protect you. Come and see. And so Nathaniel comes to see Jesus, and Jesus says as he's walking towards him, Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree. And this astounds Nathaniel. We're not entirely sure why, but a fig tree would have been a common place for a person to sort of sit in the shade and meditate and pray. Maybe he was praying in secret. Either way, Jesus reveals this supernatural knowledge that he has about Nathaniel simply to make this point. I see you. I see you. Jesus sees you. Not just sees you, he knows you. And in spite of everything, he loves you. And when Nathaniel realizes this, it's like he can't help himself. The words just escape his mouth. He says, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. But even then, Jesus kind of challenges Nathaniel. He says, you think I'm the son of God because I saw you under a fig tree. Let me tell you something. You'll see much greater things than that. And then he makes this bizarre reference. He says, you will see heaven opened and angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man, on, on me. What does that mean for Nathaniel? And what does it mean for us? Okay, to answer that question, for the rest of this message, we're going to kind of toggle between two stories. We've got the story about Jesus and Nathaniel, and something that happened in the book of Genesis to a man called Jacob. And what we're going to learn is how this encounter between Jesus and Nathaniel, when understood in its context, means that for all of us now, for you and me, 
Receiving Jesus is the deepest, truest and best thing that you can do to know and experience God and to live life to its fullest. Okay, in a moment we're going to read in Genesis 28. But before we do, let me just give you some context. This is a story about a man named Jacob. Jacob is the twin brother of Esau. They are sons of Isaac. And Jacob is a real wheeler dealer. He takes advantage of his father's blindness and pretends to be his brother Esau. And he convinces his father to give him the inheritance that actually should have gone to Esau. And of course, when his brother Esau finds out, he goes ballistic and he starts to make all sorts of plans to kill Jacob. And so Jacob's mother, Rebecca, sends him away. She says, flee from here. Get out so that your brother doesn't kill you. And so he does. He leaves absolutely everything and he flees into the deserts, into the wasteland where there is nothing. And we pick up the story at the end of that first day of his flight from his family in Genesis 28 verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. Maybe you are right now sleeping on a stone pillow. You feel as if you have no purpose. You've made a mess of things. You've ruined your relationships and God is far away from you. I remember times in my life when that's been true of me. I can remember a time when I was traveling as a very young man and I ran out of money and I found myself in London homeless for a short period, far away from friends and family and lying down and trying to get some sleep in the doorway of a shop in the middle of the night and I was wet from the weather and I'd no idea how I'd ended up in that situation or how I was gonna get out of it. That was a stone pillow moment. What's your stone pillow right now? What bridges have you burned? What relationships have you messed up? In what way do you feel far from God and in the wilderness? Take encouragement from Jacob's experience. Look at what happens next. In that moment, just when he feels as far from God and from anyone as he's ever felt, God shows up in the most spectacular way and heaven opens and he sees the stairway and he sees angels ascending and descending and then he sees God and God speaks and he makes the most remarkable promises to him. I am your God. I will give you this land. Your descendants will multiply 
in every direction and I will never leave you. And Jacob wakes and he realizes the tragedy of his previous way of thinking and he says, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. How often might that be true of us? Maybe even now you feel lost or afraid or out of control and like there is no way that any God that you know would allow you to feel that way. Maybe you've tried really hard and you've thought, I just can't believe in or trust in God or I've tried and strained and called out to him or I've looked to him for breakthrough in this area of my life and nothing. Last week I tried to siphon some petrol out of my car into a jerry can to fill up my lawnmower and I constructed this elaborate um, web of pipes. I had an outflow pipe for the petrol to flow into the jerry can, I had a pipe going into the tank um, so I could blow on it and create a suction and I was kind of straining and blowing on this pipe and nothing was happening. And just then a friend showed up outside my house and they said, what are you doing? Do you need some petrol? I'll go and get some petrol for you. And the problem was solved, just like that. All of my efforts counted for nothing, really. The problem was solved from outside of myself by a close friend. Jacob strained to get ahead in life. He lied and he cheated and he ran and he ran and he ran. And what did all of his efforts in life achieve in his own strength? A stone pillow. But Jacob also realized out in that cold desert with nothing going for him, cut off from the land of the living, lying on that cold stone pillow. Surely God was in this place and I didn't realize. Help came to him from outside of himself because that's what God does. It's not about who you are or what you do. Grace in Jesus comes to you in spite of yourself. That's the point, that's what grace is. God loves you and is with you irrespective. Let's flick back for a moment to Jesus and Nathaniel. Nathaniel approaches and he says, this can't be the Messiah. He's from Nazareth, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. He didn't expect to meet God that day, but I bet his day ended like Jacob's. Surely God is in this place and I didn't realize. He is close to you. And what Nathaniel found that day is that God is not constrained to a geographic region or a family or a particular group of people. He is close. He is with you. Jesus is truer and better than anything you're hoping in right now. He is Emmanuel. That means God with us. What Jacob and Nathaniel, thousands of years apart, discovered is what you might need to hear today. God is in this place. God is close. Don't hope in anything else and don't despair at your circumstances, however they seem right now. Don't for one millisecond imagine that the world is out of control or you've been forgotten or that you're beyond redemption. God is close. And the story just gets better for us. Just like Jacob saw this incredible stairway that bridged an open heaven with a dusty, dark earth, so now Jesus is the true and better stairway. He is the one who bridges heaven and earth, the result of which is that Jacob saw and came to know God and was changed forever. Because in that moment, the stairway showed heaven 
open to him. Jesus is the true and better stairway. No longer did the people need to ritually wash and purify themselves or sacrifice stuff. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's why he encourages us to come to him, to rest in his presence, to look to him, to behold his glory, because he is God and in him only is fullness of life. One of the most defining things Jesus says of himself sums this whole episode up perfectly. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And that means that if you want to see heaven opened, know God, hear his voice, and come into the relationship that you were designed for, relationship with God, look to Jesus, who is close. Now, I appreciate for some that this might still sound a bit abstract. Jesus is a stairway that allows you to see God. Before I knew Christ, I wasn't a terrible person. I hadn't done terrible things. In fact, by worldly standards, I was actually doing quite well. But I was also completely lost. I just didn't know it. I thought I knew what life was all about, and I thought I understood my purpose and my plan, but I never really stopped to consider why I thought that. My dream was to um, go and work as a stockbroker on Wall Street. That's what I lived for. That's what I thought would give me soul satisfaction. But scratch beneath the surface of that dream, as with many dreams. Why? Why did I think that? Even if I was successful, I'd amass a load of wealth, I'd live a life, and then one day I'd die and leave it all behind. Great. In the grand scheme, what's the purpose of that? And then one day, I gave my attention to Jesus. I looked to him, and I opened up my heart and my mind to consider him, and he grabbed my heart with the most remarkable intensity. And it, it wasn't the whole deal sealed there and then. It was a bit more like that first taste of biltong. Suddenly my senses came alive, and I started to see and sense and savour all sorts of things that I'd previously not imagined. But it began an incredible adventure of life and relationship in him. And what I realized in those early days was that Jesus had already seen me. He had seen my condition and he knew my deepest longings and he was saying, come and see to me. And Wall Street and my aloneness and my hard work and my long-held strivings, they just dissolved into the ether. I was like a modern-day Jacob. I realized that after 24 years of ignoring all his promptings and his provision in my life, that in my darkest moments, when I found life utterly meaningless and all my relational bridges had been burned, and I was completely alone in the world, spending night after night sleeping on a stone pillow, that all along, God was in this place with me. God is in this place with you. Tomorrow, when you watch the evening coronavirus briefing and you feel the sharpness of a stone pillow in your neck, or when you feel tempted to despair, or you're alone, or afraid, or at any other time in your life, coronavirus or not, when you feel the sharp jut of a stone pillow in your back, remember Jacob, surely God is in this place, and I did not know. Where you are is where God is. How awesome is that? It's no wonder that Jesus said to Nathaniel, whatever you think you know, 
you'll see far greater things as you look to me. You'll see and know God. I am the stairway. I am the true and better stairway of Jacob. Come to me. Don't look around you at your circumstances. Don't look to other things that promise to save you. They are all stone pillows. Look at me. I have all that you need. Look to Jesus today and receive him into your life and begin an adventure of faith and relationship with him. Just like with Jacob and Nathaniel, he has promises for you as well. If you've always known Jesus, but you've just failed to grasp the extent of his great love for you and his work in and through your life. If you've both known him, but you've also kind of looked for comfort and meaning in other places, or if your Christianity has been a bit monochrome, let me assure you, God is in this place. Know it. The greater thing that Jesus promised was the unbroken reality of heaven open to us for our full participation, whoever you are. He is truer and better than any other thing, and he is willing you closer today. The angels that Jacob saw. In, in the Bible, angels play the role of God's messengers, but Jesus is saying to Nathaniel and to us that he is the unique communicator between God and his people. He is the very center of God's glory and the point of contact between heaven and earth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is true and he is better. I'd like to invite you to pray with me, maybe for the first time, maybe you've prayed thousands of times, but I want to pray that Jesus would open your eyes and your heart this week to see him, to see his work in your life, to know his great love for you personally, so that you don't end up looking in all the wrong places for hope and comfort, like a man fruitlessly straining to siphon petrol out of an empty tank. What Jacob found, what Nathaniel found, what I have found, is that there is fullness of life, meaning, purpose, hope, and comfort in Jesus, our true and better stairway to God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the way by which we can know and be known by God. Thank you that you are the true and better stairway to heaven, the true and better way by which we can see and know God and live in relationship with you for all time. Please open our eyes and our hearts. Help us to see you, to know that you are God with us and that we can now run to and present ourselves with confidence to, in the presence and the embrace of God our Father. Jesus, we believe that you truly are the only way, the only truth by which we find life. Amen.